Praise the Lord. So look at uh, Isaiah chapter 5, and uh, we'll read from verse 26 through to verse 30. And uh, I want to speak tonight, let the lion in you arise. Let the lion in you arise. You know, I think that for too long the church has been without a roar, without a claw, and now I want to just share something to stir us up in our heart and spirit. He will lift up a banner to the nations from afar. He will whistle to them from the end of the earth, talking about God, and surely they will come with speed swiftly. No one will be weary or stumble among them. No one will slumber or sleep. Nor will the belt of their loins be loose, nor the strap of their sandals be broken. Whose arrows are sharp, their bows are bent. Their horses' hooves will seem like flint, their wheels like whirlwinds. Their roaring will be like a lion. They will roar like young lions. Yes, they will roar. They will lay hold of the prey. They'll carry it away safely, and no one can deliver. And in that day, they will roar against them like the roaring of the sea. And if one looks to the land, behold darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened by the clouds. Notice it's talking here about a people. I believe it's talking about the end time church. And uh, we just pick it up at the end verse there. It says, if you look to the land, behold darkness and sorrow, and there's light, and the light is darkened by the clouds. So it's saying if you look into the society that we're in, if you look into the world we're in, if you turn on the news and start to look at the news and see what's going, you can't help but see the darkness and sorrow that fills the earth. People hooked on drugs, people uh, are victims of terrorist attacks. Uh, we see the turmoil in nature, the earthquakes, the violence, tsunamis. In fact, anyone who watches their television in the last couple of years, you would just have had a steady diet of, of the tragedy that's in the world today, the difficulties and, and the complex situations in the world today. While we sit here tonight and we're free and can come along to church and go home, in many parts of the world, Christians live in danger of their lives being taken. Uh, there's young men, young women being abused, people being hooked on drugs, young women being sold into prostitution. There's all kinds of darkness. And notice this, when you look in the world, darkness and sorrows. People with tremendous sorrow. I remember when I was standing in Pakistan and looked at the thousands of people there, I couldn't help but feel the tremendous sorrow that these people had in the darkness. Evil seems to be taking over our younger generation. I see young ones with despair, uh, attempting suicide, cutting themselves, all kinds of issues, loss of hope, a loss of direction. There is a darkness that has come into the world. You can't help looking around and you must see what is happening, see some of the things that are going on. Now, of course, we can just get busy and just go our own way. But in the time, the Bible says that in the last days, there will be darkness come over the earth. There'll be gross darkness sit over the people. In other words, it's saying there will be demonic defilement. There'll be all kinds of problems and issues come into the world. And the Bible tells us that in that time, there'll be something happen that will be absolutely wonderful. You notice here it says that the land is covered in sorrows. I found wherever I go, there's a tremendous need for the ministry of Jesus to heal and to deliver, to set people free from sorrows that they carry. I prayed with men and women and seen them weep and weep and weep because of the sorrows that came into their life with the darkness that was there. So it's saying in this passage, if you look to the land, if you look to the nations of the earth, we can't help but see darkness and sorrows. But that's not the end of it because God is saying that something else is about to happen. So when we look around and we see troubles and difficulties, know this, that God 
is always about to do something. He said, darkness will cover the face of the earth, gross darkness of people, but the glory of the Lord shall arise and be seen on you. In other words, there is a life flow, an anointing, a presence of God He wants to bring into our life and to arise within us that we shine out and have an answer for the darkness that's around us. Listen, the church is called to bring answers to the darkness. Jesus authorized us to deal with demons. Believers have been given authority to deal with the darkness in the earth, to bring the light of God into it. And as we look in these first verses uh, from verse 26, it says, in these times it said, He will lift up a banner. God will lift up a banner. In other words, when there's darkness in the earth, when the nations are in turmoil, the nations are in trouble, God will lift up a banner. God will raise up His church. The Bible says of the church in Song of Solomon's, terrible is an army with banners. God will raise up a church, a people. Not just an organization, but individuals flowing together under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God wants to raise someone up that will be like a battle banner, a war banner in that time. I was uh, talking to some friends of mine in, uh, over in Asia. When the tsunami came into Aceh and the province of Aceh in Indonesia was flooded, the first people that were in there were from this church, City Harvest. They were the first people to come in there. In fact, when you have a look at those places uh, and the difficulties that they've been in, it were the Christians, were the main people who brought hope and light and resource teams into those places. All over the world where there's been tragedies, Christians have risen up to help and to be a hope in the darkness. In Christchurch, when was the earthquake and people's lives were shattered and still being shattered, you know, it was the church that rose up and started to come together. It was the church that social welfare turned to because it was the only group of people connected closely enough that could release the resources to the community at its time of need. So God tells us very clearly that uh, it, He will lift up a banner to the nations from afar. Notice this, He'll whistle to them from the ends of the earth, and they will come speedily and swiftly. So I want to share with you some of the characteristics of the generation God is raising up. Notice the first one is that when God speaks, they swiftly respond. We're living in an hour when God wants to talk to you, but He'll only talk to you if you're ready to listen. If you're ready to listen, ready to respond, you're part of the end time church. This is an hour when God is releasing prophetic anointing where people can hear the voice of God like we've never heard before. When I was growing up as a Christian or in the early days as a Christian, you heard prophecies once in a while, but there was nothing like the prophetic revelation and flow there is in the church today. Today you can tap in, every person can tap in, hear from God, receive something from the Spirit of God, get words of knowledge, get prophetic words, get insights from heaven. And the Bible says that one of the characteristics of the last day church is that there will be a prophetic mantle on them. And when God speaks, they quickly respond. I don't know when God last spoke to you. What did you do with what He said? So one of the characteristics of the end time church is they're sensitive and flow with the Holy Spirit. They follow the flows and are led by Jesus, led by the Spirit of God. Jesus said those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So in other words, we're living in an hour. It's not about meetings. It's not just about coming together. It's much more than that. It's about you hearing the voice of God and being responsive to what God has to say. Notice the second things it said, that none of them will be weary 
None will be weary. In other words, here's another quality. They'll be full of zeal and full of passion. I find a lot of people today are weary. They're wearied with life. They're tired with life. They've got no energy, no vibrance, no life inside them. But it's not so about the end time church. It's not what Jesus is like. It says of Jesus, the zeal of my father's house has consumed me. In other words, he had a fire inside him. Listen, if you're weary, the Bible says in those last days, it said, they shall run and not be weary. Why? Because they learn how to wait on God and get strength from inside. That's what, if you're wandering around and you're weary and tired, something's missing in your spiritual life. Stir your spiritual life up again. Stir your prayer life again. One of the characteristics is they'll not be weary. Why? Because they have access to the presence of God day by day to become strong in spirit. Uh, next thing I notice says, none of them will stumble. One of the most, the word for stumbling in the New Testament is the word offense. People get offended by lots of little things. And offense, the word offense means, it's literally in the Greek word, the word scandalon, meaning to stumble or trip up. I wonder what it takes to trip you up. What little offense, what little slight, what little thing someone did and you get offended. This is not the characteristic of the end time church. Jesus said offenses will come, but nevertheless, we have to learn how to arise and bless those who curse us, pray for those who despitefully use us, learn how to bless and not curse, learn how to keep our spirit open and not be offended. When you're offended, your spirit closes up. You stop connecting, you withdraw, you shut down. You're part of the problem now. Listen, we're living in an hour where you've got to learn to get over your offenses real quickly. The answer to getting over offenses real quickly is to forgive, to step into the grace of God, forgive people. Even on the cross, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't really know what they're doing. Father, I forgive them. I pray that you will forgive them too. You've got to learn to have grace in your heart and forgive offenses. You've got to be heaps of offenses. People around you let you down. People you've trusted and let you down. People you thought were, were really doing something for you. They did it for another reason. Listen, offenses abound. And I have found people, and they're still living in the offenses of 20, 30 years ago. This is not the end time church. The end time church got to learn how to deal with offenses real quickly. The Bible says if your brother offends you, deal with it in your heart. Go to him and sort it out face to face, one to one. Don't go around complaining, criticizing, running them down behind their back. Get your heart free of offenses. Offenses and unforgiveness are one of the major reasons Christians are defeated and tormented demonically. Jesus said very clearly in Matthew chapter 18, if you harbor unforgiveness in your heart, demons will come into your life. They will torment you. I've had, I remember praying for one, uh, some people were praying for one lady years ago, and there was a, there was, quite, it was actually quite a spectacular, because there was a huge lot of manifestation going on, demons really manifesting, it was right down there, just there, and there were two men just praying, and come, come on, the spirits are screaming like this, and I could see they're getting nowhere, I said, Lord, what is it, and he showed me, I said to the woman, I said, are you willing to forgive your father, she said, no, I won't, I said, well then, you can keep your demons. There's no point in us trying to do deliverance. They have a legal right to be in you. With that, she jumped up and ran out. She was offended then. So that was not so good. But the truth is, we could not really operate to get her free of the demons while she harbored offenses. It says in the last end time church, it said, Ha ha, none of them will be weary. They'll be full of passion. And they don't get offended easily. None will stumble with offenses. It's easy to get offended. Hey, notice it. No one will slumber or sleep. 
No one will slumber sleep. In other words, they're spiritually awake. You know, in the Bible, there are many people who fell asleep. Samson fell asleep. That's where he lost his strength. He was seduced by sin. The disciples fell asleep in the garden. To fall asleep means to have your eyes closed. You haven't got a clue what's going on around you. God wants us as believers, and the end time church will be like this, to be awake. And Jesus said, how to stay awake? Pray, pray, pray. Watch and pray. Don't go to sleep. So when you keep your prayer life up and your prayer life strong, you don't go to sleep. You're awake. You see what's going on around you. You're not blind to what's going on around you. You can see it and sense it. We want to stay sensitive to the Holy Ghost. We have to build a prayer life. Stay awake, alert, and watching what God is doing. So here's another characteristic. They won't slumber or sleep. In other words, they'll be spiritually awake. Neither, notice this, neither will the belt on their loins be loosed. Uh, in the Bible, the New Testament, uh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, they used to wear these long flowing gown. And of course, if you've got a long flowing gown, you can't run easily. Real hard to run in a long flowing gown. So what they did was wear a, a belt or a girdle, they put it around their waist, and they'd hoist up the garment, and then they're able to run. And so the, in the New Testament, it's called the belt of truth. Gird your loins with truth. Gird your loins with truth. In other words, Gird up your mind with the Word of God so you are able to run unhindered. See, I found we're living in a generation that's pretty, pretty biblically illiterate, doesn't understand the principles upon which life succeeds. If we want the end time church, it's going to be people that don't have all kinds of stuff going on in their head. They've got the Word of God in their mind. They know how to renew their mind and hold their mind fixed on truth. That's you and me. End time church. What a fantastic people. And it says, neither shall the strap on their sandals be broken. New Testament, it tells us in Ephesians uh, that we are to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In other words, they're ready to reach people for Christ. Ready to reach people for Christ. How ready are you to reach people for Christ? How ready are you to speak about Jesus Christ? Are you ashamed of him? Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are we fearful of what people will think or say? Listen, they will go to hell despite of what they think. They have a, an eternity without Christ. And so getting them offended by the gospel is not really a problem. The issue is, can we build a connection, a relationship where we are able to speak to them the words of life that can help them? People need Jesus. But they don't always know straight away they need Jesus. They usually need a person to represent Jesus, to bring his love, his care, his interest into their life, and then share with them how their life can be changed. It's been a great joy to me to lead people to Christ, to see them come and pray the sinner's prayer and see the tears roll down their eyes as they come to Christ. It's a wonderful thing. I was talking to Bryden the other night and he led his, uh, I think it was his grandfather who was telling me to the Lord, just on his deathbed virtually, shared with him and persevered and finally was able to lead him in a prayer to get him saved. Isn't that fantastic? He said tears rolled down his eyes as in the last season of his life he came to Christ an eternity in heaven rather than eternity lost. So one of the characteristics of the end time church is it's very evangelistic. Notice verse 28. Here's another characteristic. It said, whose arrows are sharp. Huh? Arrows. In the Bible, when it's talking about arrows, it's speaking about words, words that we speak. And we can speak words of life. We can speak words of death. And so what it's saying is that they speak words that have effect. They're very sharp. 
I found that one of the things that gets your word sharp is prayer and fasting. When you get near to God, when you start to get the word of God and you cut out the news and the media and start to allow God's word to get into your heart, then God can give you words which are very sharp, prophetic words which go straight into the root in a person's life. So one of the things the Bible says of the end time church is they'll have sharp, accurate words that enter into people's hearts. You know, in the workplace, the prophetic gift can flow. You can see exactly what people need. I've talked and shared with people. They've been stunned how I could see what was happening in their life. It's a sharp word that opens up a person's heart. But to get that sharp word, you've got to be exposed to the presence of God. So it says, the arrows are sharp. They'll flow prophetically with accuracy. Their bows are bent. A bent bow is a bow that's ready for the battle. It speaks of a person who's ready at any moment to get engaged and to do something for God. It's not a slumbering, sleepy, lazy church. This is alive. It says their horses' hooves will seem like flint and their wheels like a whirlwind. Have you ever seen uh, a guy driving a chariot in the desert? What happens is it's unbelievable. Just dust comes up and you can see it from afar off. If someone's driving a chariot furiously, you can see the dust storm it raises. It can be seen very clearly. So you notice here, it says it's like you can see very clear. They stand out because they're bold and the Spirit of God is with them. Here's another characteristic. It said, and their roaring will be like the roaring of a lion. They'll roar like the young lions. Yes, they'll roar and lay hold of the prey. See, the Bible tells us that the character of a lion, it says, none, there's no stronger among the beast than the lion. Four times it says there about the lion's roar. Now the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ, Revelations 5, verse 5, it says, Weep not, for the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. The tribe of Judah, their ensign was a lion. The prophetic word over Judah was, it was a lion. So Jesus, when he came, was not just meek and gentle. There was a lion inside him. When he faced demonic spirits, he roared and the demons fled. When he faced the religious system, he stood up and spoke and it backed down. He had a lion inside him. He is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when you get born again, God puts that same spirit inside of you. You have a lion inside you. Stop being mousy. Stop being weak. Let the lion inside you begin to stand up. The first place you have to stand up is in the place of prayer. When you begin to start to pray and the spirit and the lion begins to rise. See? You don't think that what I do is just a matter of personality. It isn't. It's something I've developed in prayer. You develop a lion's roar, strong praying from your spirit. And demons recognize when that roar is inside you. The lion turns back not for anyone. So there's, another, there's a whole heap of scriptures about lions in the Bible. It is in Proverbs 30, 30, it says, The lion is the strongest among the beasts, and he never turns away for anything. There's no one turns him back. How about that? And so you and I have got a lion spirit that makes us strong. Whatever you're facing in life, you've got what it takes to face it. You need to believe that. And not only that, lions don't back down. They don't back down. They don't get intimidated. In fact, they do the intimidating. Their roar is to intimidate. 
The Bible says that the, lie, that the devil tries to copy the, being a lion. The devil is not a lion. He prowls like a lion, trying to intimidate. And I remember standing outside a lion's cage, some zoo I went to, I thought, flip, I'm glad that cage is between me and that lion. Because I just stood there, and the lion's just about as far as Ray is there. It's just about there, just this thing there in front of us. And then I would walk over here, and the lion would pace. So I went over here, and the lion would pace down this way. And I thought, you know, it's only because those bars are there that I'm safe. That lion looks mean. And he, he roared. He stopped and roared. I tell you, I got a fright in my life. You know, because I'm just playing this game, you know, I go up here and, uh, you know, come up here, uh, like this. When I'm here, he went, I don't think I'll play this game anymore. I I know who's the master here. (laughs) Those lions are scary when they roar. They're scary things when they roar. Ever seen that MGM, you know, the advertisements for an MGM film? And they have that thing with the lion roar. I love that lion roar. It's great. You've got to realize Jesus is the lion. And he's inside you, and he wants you to learn to roar, to stand up in your spirit, and to get a voice, a voice in prayer, and to get the spirit of a lion around you. It says of the men that followed David, it says in 1 Corinthians 21 verse 8, it said they had faces like the face of a lion. I don't know what that looks like. I suppose there were whiskers on them, and they maybe had long hair, I suppose. I think it has to do with fierce determination. You ever watch lions go after the prey? Remember being in South Africa and watching, man, it was amazing to watch them, and you could see the prey, and you could see these lions stalking them. They just have one thing in mind. They've got this thing. They've got something in their goal, and they're just going to stalk that thing until they get it. My, and they work together to get it as well. Amazing. Now, the Bible says that that lion spirit's in us. Okay? Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Let the lion inside you arise. Let Jesus, who's the lion, arise. Begin to let a voice come out from inside you. Let a voice come in prayer. Let a voice come in praise. Let a voice come in magnifying God. Get your voice again. People pray sometimes. I wonder if they've even got a voice. Really. Because they're all locked up in their head and their soul. And I've learned this. I've learned that your body resists you arising in your spirit. Your soul resists you arising in your spirit. And if you all just determine, you can actually begin to break out and start to... It's, a, it's the, one of the... A, a breakthrough point when you learn how to break through all that resistance. And that's what it's saying here. See, they roar. They lay hold of the prey. Oh, I love all of that. Isn't that fantastic? You notice they'll roar. That means to speak boldly. They'll speak boldly. Here's the thing. In the New Testament, Acts chapter 4, it said they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the Word of God boldly. So lions are bold. In Proverbs it says the righteous, are you a righteous person? Well, you need to know that you're righteous, and righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked flee. People are guilty. People have got sin life are really guilty. But righteous people can be bold. So one of the things that be a characteristic of the end time church is great boldness. In the New Testament, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke the word boldly. So when you see someone who's got drugs, you want to speak boldly. I can pray for you and set you free of that. See, someone tells you they've got a problem, great. I can pray for you and set you free of that. Don't get wimpy and say, I'll bring you along to Pastor Lynn and you can go to a retreat and she'll sort you out. Listen, you don't get anywhere that way. Come on, that's a pussycat. I can pray for you, and God will set you free. 
I know the moment you say the words, you'll think in your heart, I can't do that, I don't know what to do. Well, it's probably true, but I have learned this. I never waited to learn what to do. I just learned it on the way. Most people wait till somehow you've, I don't know what, you're going to get some training and then you'll know what to do. I've run heaps of training seminars, I can tell you now, even after they know what to do, the issue's not knowing what to do, the issue's doing it. The issue's one of boldness inside. The issue's one of the lion arising inside you to just begin to decree, declare, hey, I know what the answer is. You got someone there cutting themselves? You say, listen, I can help you. I can pray for you. Jesus can fix this thing up inside you. He can help you in that area of your life. Let me pray for you. You got someone here who's suicidal? I can help you. I know exactly what the problem is. The problem can be solved by Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. Start to get bold. See, people need a boldness. They need to hear. That's what the end time church will be like. I wonder what we're waiting for. Are we waiting for some encounter to bring the boldness? Or is something going to be stirred up in prayer and we begin to start to think and talk and act and know when I get up today, the lion is inside me. Thank you, Lord. There's a roar of a lion. So when problems come, instead of backing down under the uh, yells and shouts of that intimidating devil, stand up. God is with me. You've got to learn to do this kind of thing, you know. It's very biblical to do this kind of thing. Lions roar. Imagine a lion that doesn't roar. There's something wrong with them, isn't it? You'll never be any good as a lion, that's for sure. So they will roar against them. Here's an interesting scripture. We'll just finish up here. He says in, it says in Revelations 5, verse 5, it says, Don't weep. In other words, stop your crying. The lion has prevailed. Say, when you begin to know who the lion is and begin to start to realize you've got that lion inside you, you don't need to weep anymore. Jesus Christ has won the victory for you. He's won the victory over despair. He's won the victory over hopelessness. He won the victory over suicide. He won the victory over sickness. He won the victory over demons. You don't need to weep anymore. Weep not because the lion has prevailed. Fix your eyes on Christ and His great victory. Fix your eyes that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside me working mightily. Let it break the timidity and start to let the lion come out. Now I'm not talking about shouting loudly at people or anything like that. We're talking about arising in your spirit in prayer strongly, fervently speaking the Word of God over your life. And then when it comes to situations of life where there's tears, oh, you're grieving, don't cry. Jesus has prevailed. I can pray for you and help you. I've done that right since the very beginning. Never clue sometimes what to do, but I always figured Jesus did know, and if I could just hear him enough, he'd give me some ideas what to do. I prayed for people to get delivered to demons when I didn't have a clue how to do it. I just listened to God and did it, and funnily enough, it worked. See, there's something about rising in your spirit and allowing the Spirit of God to stir you up. You've got to make a decision like that. So, let the lion in you arise. You do have a lion in you. He's called the lion of the tribe of Judah. When you got born again, your nature changed from being timid, shy, barren, fearful, uh, rejected, down, depressed. You changed. You are now a new person. But some of us are living out of the old. We're still living. Uh, we're trapped back in the old because we haven't caught up in our mind with what God has done in our spirit. But God has put a lion inside you. 
And that lion wants to arise and roar, wants to break you out of the place you're in. Quickly, can I just pray for you? Quickly, come, come. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Just come. Let me pray for you right now. Holy Ghost, just come on them. Holy Ghost, thank you, Lord, for your presence and power just to touch them to life. Thank you, Lord. Well, I just see inside you that God is saying this is a new season in your life. It's a season of change. You're about to make a number of decisions involving change. But God says you're going to stand up. You're going to come forth as a leader wherever you are. I have put my spirit in you. I put lion-like qualities inside you. I put integrity inside you. You will emerge as a leader. You will be a voice for a generation. God says my spirit is with you. Don't stay silent. I will give you words as you seek me, words to speak, bold words to speak. Don't be intimidated. Don't allow yourself to be put down or put in a box. There is a lion inside you awaiting to arise and to roar. Power of God. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost. Quickly, come on over. Let me pray for you. Quick. Oh, this is a flow of the Spirit. Don't look around. That's right. Come, Holy Ghost. Come on. Touch him. Father, just come upon him right now. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the fire of God, the fire of God. Come on. God's wanting to ignite you again with a, pas a passion for souls. There was a time when you just couldn't help but talk about Jesus. There was a time when you just bubbled over, bubbled over, bubbled over. But a lot of things came around you to steal away the simplicity of what I have done and you want to continue to do. I want to use you to win souls. The Lord says there's an evangelistic anointing around you to speak to people and to pray for people. Don't hold back. You start believing God for the opportunities to come. Start standing up and roaring again in your place of prayer. Start standing up and beginning to declare the Word of God back over your life and look for and believe for opportunities to speak God's Word and to pray for miracles. If you will believe for it, God says, I'll bring them to you. If you'll be ready to do it, I'll bring them to you. I'll bring them to you. i got heaps of the people in your circle that need help. I'm just waiting for you to stand up and begin to roar like a lion, says the Lord. Tonight, the spirit of prayer is going to come upon you. You're going to find yourself, even as you go to bed tonight, stirred and wanting to pray. God's power with Holy come upon him. Stir him at the Spirit of God. Just sit mightily upon him. Well, tonight's a great night for us to open ourselves for God to touch us. Why don't we come on up now and let's just begin to worship the Lord together. I don't know, if you don't know Jesus Christ tonight, come and meet me right here. I'll lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus Christ. But there's others tonight. I believe God wants to let a roar come up. I don't know what's come around your life. But come on, weep not. The Lion of the Tribe of Judah.